Hey guys, welcome to the Roundtable, episode sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew. For I forgot what the I, episode was. I didn't know that that was. You didn't know that that was coming. I know, right? So listen, she's not only had sixty-nine as her episode, but we also. So we're. I don't know if you've noticed. She's not only had sixty-nine as her episode. Please start like, over. You could have. You could have had some wording. Well, I'm not very good with words. would have been a bit better. But either way, keep going. Okay, keep so going. Keep going. That, and then we walked in here, and the reason why we're on a different set change is because we had poopy water just dripping <laughs> down on our set, which is hilarious because I said I thought it would have been so funny if we would have been sitting there. No, that yes. actually would have been terrible. That would have made like millions of views for TikTok. Of toilet for water TikTok. dripping yes. on the... Yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, actually, so keep going. Yeah. We got caught up in oh, yeah. episode so 69. I know, I'm sorry. I just wasn't expecting that. I, Even I when you go... Put it past. <laughs> That was the best part. You go, episode 69. <laughs> so I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church. And this is Mike Hill, our pastor, lead pastor. And our special guest today, and she's had to wait a really long time to be in the seat, <laughs> is Peyton Melton. Named Hello. after Walter Payton. Walter yes, Payton. Walter Payton. Wait, that's Chicago really true. Yeah. Yes. Chicago Bears. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah especially when they won Sunday. Yeah, they did. I knew yes. that. Yes. Oh, how? Go Bears. I just did. Go Bears. How did you know? And I know that they're in the NFL. Listen, I learned a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know they're in the well, NFL. there's a lot of confusing letters. Like the- <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing I thought, Nick. Which is like, well, okay. I know they're in the NFL. All right, but like the WNBA and like okay. the W. Wait, no, that's wrong. I'm WBCL. not going to mess. WBCL. Yes, like that's confusing. <laughs> oh, did you make that up? I know. <laughs> did you make that it up? It all runs together. Oh. All those letters. They, it really does. You don't ever watch the WBCL? No. <laughs> Wait, is that a joke? <laughs> I don't know. Do you, Do you are you good at football? I mean, I'm named after a football player. Oh, I kind of like. So your family I loves know, the a Bears. Bit. Oh yeah, diehard Bears fan. You, you want to hear the story about how I got named yes. after him? Okay, so my my mom and dad kind of had like a bet going, and they were like, "Okay, if she's a boy, my mom will get to name me," and she was going to name how me fun. Dylan after my great grandfather. Okay. But obviously I'm a girl. And so <laughs> obviously, obviously yes. put that out there. Um uh, my dad got to name me and he named me Peyton after Walter Peyton. And Are you guys from Illinois? No. F- well, my dad actually grew up outside of Chicago. Okay. Um what and town? Uh, well, so they were moved around college campuses mm-hmm. around there. So his um, dad worked at Wheaton for a while and then worked at Trinity International. And they oh, like wow. lived on the different college campuses. Yep. And yeah, so. How much fun how... making a bet over who's going to name yeah. a child. Yeah. So then, you know, my dad loved football yeah. so much and Walter Payton so Did much. Did you grow up? But you like it too oh yeah yes oh yeah, yeah at I least it have to you know yeah, at least it carried over yes. it's not like yeah. somebody named me after a football player and i hate it <laughs> no. No. or so i got named after somebody yeah. that plays in the wbcl wbcl <laughs> yeah that's what really not that? it that's not true is, that? is it <laughs> were you making that huh? up the whole time what the wbcl yes <laughs> well it's a radio station yeah. <laughs> Radio station. <laughs> radio station. WPCL. It's like not. <laughs> the other is. Eighty point something. 
be. Anyways, I'm okay. Sorry, I uh, if stop. I keep talking, it's Goodness. gonna be real bad. No, it's not. It's yes. gonna be good. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, at least you love football. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let's jump in because I w- what we want to be able to do is go all the way back, kind of learn your story. But yeah, of course. you were talking before we got on set yes. to go to Huntington University yes. and some cool things are happening there with some of your oh, friends. So talk yeah. to us about what's going on, what happened. Friday? Is yeah, that what you guys are? Just yeah. So talk Friday. about yeah, what's happening. Yeah. So on HU's campus, they're just experiencing like awesome revival, like people coming to know like Jesus authentically and truly. I think there's just a lot of people there who have had this like false representation of who Jesus is for mm. a really, really long time. And there are about, I would say like 15 to 20 of us who are really, really strong just like committed to helping our community seek Jesus. Mm. And so we were all kind of like talking to each other. And I had two friends um, who were like, hey, Peyton, like you should bring your guitar outside and it will just be (gasps) You play? I play a very, very little bit. See, so this is part of the story. Okay, Okay, we'll get into it. We'll we'll get get into into it. it. Yes. (laughs) So there was like three of us and they were like, bring your guitar out and we'll just worship outside. And so it was just going to be us three girls. That was the plan. Okay. And then um, Nick Archer and Bree were also talking about um, like doing something else and like having a worship night. And then so somehow Nick and I were both like put in charge of like maybe planning a worship night. But Nick thought I was going to be in charge. Oh, no. Um, I thought Nick was going to be in charge. We were like, it was chaos Uh pretty much. And so Nick and I were like, okay, let's just do this. And we ended up coming together and like practicing for a worship set. And so one of the things is like, I felt super unqualified Mm. to be able to do this. Like I know like four chords on the guitar. I like sing, but I don't, I haven't sung in front of people in a long time. And I was just like, I was like not really wanting to do it. And I was like, I don't think like this is right. (laughs) I don't know if this I'm supposed to be in this position right now. Always doubt Um, yourself. Yeah, you know, you know. Somebody's not wanting it to happen. Yep, (laughs) yep. And then um, Nick ended up saying to me, like, the quote that um, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. (gasps) So Mm -hmm. weird because you said that on Sunday. Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you did. No, (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure you did. Listen, it doesn't even matter because this is what I was trying to say in there. It's It's okay. Here's what I'm saying. Like we talked about this, like sometimes you hear whatever the Holy Spirit needs you to hear. So I, for sure, I didn't say that, but the Holy Spirit (laughs) told me that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, so, so I, maybe I need to hear yeah. that. Okay. No, maybe you all, do. All my point is, is there are tons of times where people tell me, like, sitting in the message uh, is what I heard, and I've always said, when the Holy Spirit's ahead of you, mm, working, that's yeah. they said. authentically get to hear what they need to hear. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm. Because but, he's always working ahead of you. But you did mm-hmm. say that Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> part of it. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> yeah. But so I was just feeling really unqualified and to be in that position, but we ended up, like, practicing a little bit before, and I was I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think it will be fine. And I wasn't really so much focused on like the heart of worship at first. Mm-hmm. But then um, a couple other girls came and we started having a conversation about baptism. 
And um, immediately, like, God started doing something in all of our hearts. And this girl was like, I've just never felt like there was this right moment. Like, I've been a Christian, like, my whole life. Oh, wow. But I've never been baptized. And, like, I just haven't done it because I've been waiting for this to be right or my family to be here or Mm. blah, 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 blah. And we started talking to her, like— When, like, the Word of God penetrates your heart, and it's in Acts, when the Word of God penetrates your heart, the call to obedience is repentance and baptism. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started talking to her about this, and we're like, let's let's get you baptized. Like, let's do it. Let's do it tonight. (laughs) And so immediately from there, like, God was working and God was moving, Um, like— it felt like there was probably like 70 people, Mm -hmm. 70 to 80 people who showed up for this worship night, which so many of them were freshmen, which was so cool. Like probably half of them were freshmen students. Like the freshmen are on fire for God right Mm. now. And it is just so remarkable to be a part of. But um, I was like, there's so many people there. And this thing was so thrown together. Like Nick and I were both not expecting it. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, oh my goodness, like God is working here. And so we ended up having the time of worship, which was so awesome. But then we invited everyone to go over with us for baptism. Now, at that point, there were like three people who had kind of already come forward. Like we want to be baptized tonight. And um, so we went out there and we started, um, doing baptisms and we're so, out there in the fountain. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we didn't do it in snow tip or the, like the fountain on the quad. It's the fountain in front of like the MCA, those ones with the little like okay. bubbler things yeah. in them. Are yeah. you allowed yeah. to get yeah. in those? Um, I don't really know. Okay. So does, does the school know? <laughs> well, you know what? Yes. Because they talked about it in chapel today. <gasps> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you are allowed so, to get in them. You know what? And they're like only this I know deep, they're not so very like, high. Yeah. Nothing bad would happen. I don't I don't no, know. You'd but be fine. you know, if they want to get me in trouble, here I am. Oh no, <laughs> I, again, I was no, just I curious was where. Oh no, no, well, no, no. I wanted to put my dog in there one time. That's what I was asking oh. for. No, oh, I you know was what? asking because at the Lance put out like where they put the bubbles in the one oh, at some point, yeah, and then yeah, all yeah. these fact or all of these previous people that went to HU were just like it's so disrespectful and like to put the bubbles in. Yeah, like it's no, disrespecting so the memorial, fun. and Lance was kind of like, oh, "Hey, it's just for fun." And yeah. Anyway, that's off the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take everybody over. Three people yeah. were going to get baptized. Yeah. So everyone was over there. Three people were going to get baptized, but then like God just kept moving and. Um, by the end, there was 14 people who got baptized. And That's then amazing. I was actually one of them. Wow. <laughs> and that was Which, unexpected, too. Yeah. So I was kind of, while we were talking before worship, I was like, guys, I was baptized when I was 12. But I felt like I didn't meet Jesus. Mm. I didn't have a true relationship with Jesus until March of last year. Mm. And... um. I was just really uh, convicted in them or just like compelled in that moment, like that I needed to get rebaptized. And like it didn't happen until like we were about done. Mm, and then yeah. they're like, is there anyone else? And then I kind of got that like Holy Spirit nudge mm-hmm. inside of me that I had been telling all of my friends like not to ignore it. Yeah. I was like, oh man, <laughs> so you I had can't to ignore it. And like I had been the one up there like leading everyone and it was a very humbling moment for myself to have to like get in front of everyone and be like, y'all, I got to get baptized too. And um, 
I think that's yeah. so cool though. No, it's yeah. awesome. That's no, a good leader. It was, it was amazing. And I just took time to like pray and thank God for just everything that he's brought me through in that moment. And it was just such a good time of celebration with everyone. Yeah. So 14 people got baptized. Some people who were really new to faith. Some people have been Christians all their lives and finally took that step. Like, I think one of the girls has been a Christian for like a week. And so it was awesome to just like see that happen. And there's just real change happening and it's so encouraging. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. Yeah. So one of the things like before Mm -hmm. we go back in your story, like it's always interesting to me when you talk about like this is a Christian college, yeah. right? Like, and this is, has nothing to do with Christian colleges mm-hmm. or not Christian colleges or Huntington University in general. But yeah. the point just always is it does seem weird that from a Christianity standpoint, mm-hmm. that stagnation tends to happen a lot on yeah. Christian mm-hmm. colleges, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are times like there's movement, like everybody talks about secular colleges and how bad they are, but a lot of times the movements on those colleges yeah. are bigger and more profound than they mm-hmm. are on Christian campuses, mm. you know, because they're fighting opposition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On all yeah. these other yeah, places, yeah, yeah. like they're gathering and all of their friends around them or the people around them are not living mm. for God at all. And so when they make a commitment, it's a big deal Yeah, because you're made fun of You're you know, yeah. you're not in the sororities or you're not in the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they're, they, they, do in the college campuses and so when you do it you do it and you're committed like and you're on Mm -hmm. and you're in and you're excited but weird to me that like on christian campuses why it gets stagnated because that's kind of what Mm -hmm. you said in the beginning is like you're looking at a campus of eight nine hundred thousand people and you know Mm -hmm. you're saying like there's 60 some of us that are on fire you know yeah. what I mean? And it just seems weird because you've been there. This right. is your senior year. Yeah. So it's something that you've witnessed. So talk through a yeah. little bit yeah. what happens maybe or and not from a this isn't a blame or to yeah, say yeah, yeah. it has anything to do. It's just I wonder what happens, you know, on inside of a Christian campus mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. from the outside looking in or from the inside looking out, you're saying like, wow, it's, you know, yeah. this is who seems to be on fire. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, I am a senior, so I've been um there for three years my fourth and um like the Huntington I came into is completely different than Huntington right now Hmm. um and it's all by the work of God in that place and I can say that 100% but um when I came in like there was just so many like sad broken people and like just people who claimed to know Jesus, but weren't living Hmm. like Jesus who like knew a lot in their heads, but it wasn't an outward thing for them. Yeah. And so many people are trapped in religion. And that is just what I see in so many of just my friends see is so many people stuck in this idea of having to be perfect or do X, Y, and Z to consider myself a Christian that, um, almost the idea of being a Christian at that point becomes so like toxic yeah. to them. Cause they're like, mm. well, I'll never live up to that standard. So why should I even try? Mm-hmm. Right. And then that, that brings in this just complete brokenness where people are just striving over so many things that are not going to fill them. There's such a, just like partying problem, drugs, drinking relationships. We have Every single problem that you see at a secular university, it's just all like there's an extra layer of it hidden mm. because no one, yeah, you have like to. you, 
you don't want anyone to know that any of these things are going on because you still want to seem like you're a good Christian person. And so everything's kind of like hidden and um, it's not talked about either um, until we've kind of like students have started to try to bring this to light with each other. Mm. It hasn't, a lot of things have been really, really student led. And because I think like our peers are what is making the biggest change because if someone starts living for Jesus, people see that difference in them. And that's how things have really begun to change was um, just like, I found people who actually wanted to live authentically for Jesus. And like, that was something I've wanted my entire life and never really found until like last semester last year. And once I found that, and there is like 10 or so people who were committed to doing that, we've really started to see God working and moving throughout the campus. And it's people that are just committed to living like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's amazing. Yeah. It's been so, it's been so awesome. Yeah. And like, they can't get better if they're, it's all quiet, yeah. you know, especially because yeah. they are at a Christian college. People think of them a certain way. So they mm-hmm. have these problems. And if nobody brings it out, like just yeah. the darkness to light. Yeah, exactly. And like a lot of my story from last semester was getting called out of very like, dark, broken places into the light because of my brothers and sisters coming alongside of them and realizing like, we're all in the same place right now. We all feel like we're in this just like spiritual desert and we're all calling upon God to like break strongholds, like break things that are evil among us Mm -hmm. and to just bring life back. Like we were all craving that so badly and uh, us letting Jesus in is what changed everything. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about last year? Like what happened? Yeah. Yeah. With me or yeah, with, with everyone? You. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can bring it all together. You oh, yeah. And yeah. The, we can bring them all together. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, so we started um, last year having worship nights on Friday nights um, in Wright Basement, which writes like the guys hall. Um, but we'd have worship nights in the basement there. And it started with probably like 30 people and the most we probably had was close to a hundred people, which is really awesome. But, um, that was where community really started at HU. And, um, for me personally, um, I guess these started about in February, these worship nights. And for me personally, I had been in a long-term relationship with somebody Mm. and came in, um, to these worship nights, like thinking that I was all good with God, good with myself. Um, I really thought like I had everything together and I was living a really good life. Um, but I was really broken inside. Um, there's a lot of things I didn't realize about myself that I was just struggling with. And, um, just holding on to things of this world that that ultimately wouldn't ever satisfy me and putting my identity in lots of other people and other things before Mm. I was putting my identity in Christ. Um, And so during some of these worship nights, I was just getting like really convicted, like there's something more. And a lot of it had to do with the relationship that I was in. And, um, 
I I don't want to get into too much detail yeah, because to. I don't want to bash anyone. Right. Um, because do I blame this person for everything? Absolutely not. It was also me right. and just like what part of being human, what yeah, being sure. human is. But there's just a lot of this relationship that caused me to really not value myself and my own self-worth. And I put um, a lot of other people and other things up on a pedestal and allow myself to become very small and like that my convictions and my values didn't matter at that point. And because I was letting other people determine yeah. what, where the value came from. And I was just very easily swayed by other people and not, I didn't have that firm foundation in Jesus. And so I was just like really struggling with um, my identity and putting my identity in other people and other things. And um, one night my friend Tessa, she stood up and she's like, I just feel like someone in here like needs to come back and just confess stuff and just like get it out and come back to Jesus. So I go back there. The Lord's like, pay it, it's you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So I go back there, and I'm just with Tessa, and I'm crying, saying, like, everything that I've been through in this relationship. And at this point, I was still dating this person. Um, but, but that didn't last much longer yeah. after this. But I kind of just ended up, like, spilling everything that was happening in this relationship and how I was valuing myself and how it was affecting my life and how I was just struggling with so many like sin issues and identity issues because of I was putting myself fully into this relationship. Yeah. And um, I just said it all. And like I experienced the most joy and freedom I've ever felt in my entire life. Like the whole weight was lifted off of me. And like Jesus came and comforted me, comforted me in that moment. And like, I can't explain to you mm -hmm. how, what that truly feels like until you experience it for yourself. Just that like, even in the midst of my brokenness, mm. feeling like I was held together yeah. by Christ. Mm. And um, so I ended up getting breaking up with this person. And that was really, really hard. But also, like, I, I can't imagine, like, not doing that. Like, yeah, I can't imagine going back ever to that place where I was. And even though that was, like, the hardest thing that I'd ever had to do, it was also, like, the most freeing mm. and the most joyful experience I've ever had in my life. And ever since then, like the Lord has just been working and moving so powerfully in my life. And like, I knew Jesus my whole entire life. Like I knew about him, but I don't think I had that like real relationship with yeah. him until mm. those moments where I actually let him into every single piece of my heart. Like I had never really understood what that meant until that moment where I just like laid it all out. And I was like, whoa, this is the first time I've ever actually let God into those spaces of my life. And that's when everything changed for me. And I would like just realize what it means to be an authentic, an authentic relationship with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple questions yeah. for you. So you said you grew up in a church or grew yeah. up yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. Jesus, right? That's so where I was going to go. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. 
<laughs> no, so the idea is, and then, so just a question or not that there's a right answer, yeah. but how do you go through, you're going to church, you're, mm. your parents are obviously, yeah. you know, taught you were about mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes, yes. You go through all of this and like, how did I miss an authentic relationship? Like what mm. could have been done? Like in your own mind, not that there's an answer, but mm-hmm. what could have mm. been helpful? Because the second part of yeah. my question is always the same is I've always said that, you know, one of the the hardest things is to understand the role of the church with a Christian mm. college. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of, yeah. of trying to figure out how to be there. Like, cause you don't, you have your own mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. Right, where mm-hmm. a lot of things are going on and how yeah, does the yeah. church fit into it? And then, you know, how do we see that, you know, make it so that we can help whether it's kids or adults not get caught up in just going through the motions right. and getting mm-hmm. it. So in your own mind, what do you think for you was, or was it just a God moment? Like I just, I did everything. And then all of a sudden you just opened my eyes. I think part of it was most definitely a God thing. Like, Uh, Yeah, I don't, I honestly, some of it, I don't know how to answer, but a lot of it, it was this idea that um, growing up for me, a lot of things felt very religious, like a checklist. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really struggled with a lot growing up is that I felt like I had to do this. I grew up in places where like I was always going to like Awana programs where you memorize Bible verses and recite them, which is all great things. But mm-hmm. I, to me, like all the stuff yeah. was what made me a Christian. A Christian. Yeah. And so then when I didn't do this stuff or felt like I wasn't good enough to do this stuff, mm-hmm. like, like I was struggling so much, like I couldn't do that kind of thing. Um, it made me feel like, well, and then am I, I not a Christian? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And so I think there, maybe there's just like this overemphasis on like the things we do as Christians rather than the person of Jesus. And that is just ultimately what everything has come back to for me is that we're not allowing people to just meet Jesus Mm -hmm. and who he is, because ultimately that's, that's why we are Christians. Like without Jesus, there's nothing. Right. And that's what I realized is like, why do I have to hold myself to all of these standards that other people have told me I need to put on myself when the only standard is like who Jesus says Mm -hmm. that I am and trying to be more and more like Jesus, not trying to be more and more like my pastor or my mom or my dad or my grandma or whoever I see as like a Christian role model. It's to be more like Jesus. And that to me is what I think we need to like focus on as a church is aligning people with the person of Jesus yeah. rather than all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then what was the, the other well, no, question about colleges too? Because here would be the yeah, other yeah. thing that, so when I used to lead mission trips all the time, mm-hmm. you know, to get a group of kids, whether they were college age kids or high school kids and, or even some adults and you get away and you go on mission trips, mm-hmm. there's these moments, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like you hear these moments all the time, like, 
I met God on the top of a mountain in Guatemala. Mm, yeah. I met God in a house in India. I met God in, I'm not met, but like yeah, something yeah, yeah, came yeah. alive. Yeah, your eyes mm-hmm. came alive. There was never alive before, right? Or mm-hmm. I went to college and on my college campus, there was this movement mm-hmm. and God was just like moving in ways mm-hmm. that I, you know, couldn't ever even thought mm-hmm. it was going to happen. But one of the crazy thing is, is that once those environments go away, whether it's college or whether it's mm. being on a mission trip or being in those places, I won't say that it fades, yeah, yeah. but it for sure yeah. in a lot of people's lives change, yeah. you know? And so I, I don't think that's normal. Like I think mm-hmm. that these moments of like, Hey, God's working and there's moments where he's awesome and it's just powerful. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it's, and then it's powerful. I mean, there is right. this up and down, but it's always like the person of Jesus and everything that he's mm-hmm. doing. I'm so thankful for him. That's like a lifestyle yeah. mm-hmm. type of behavior. But a lot of people have moments, yeah, you know, and then the, the moments when they're away from college or the mm-hmm. moments when they're home from the mission field mm-hmm. tend not to be the same as it yeah. was mm-hmm. when you were in the moment, right? So yeah. what do you think? I mean, do you think that's true? Do you think that's, or how do we help Yeah, not just make it a movement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And like a lot of my friends on campus too, like struggled this summer some because um, like we didn't have those moments all together anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for um, a lot of people. And yeah, and I experienced some of that myself, but also had other awesome moments this summer too. But um, a lot of one thing I would say is like, that like community is such a big yeah. important role in this is that like having people who are going to continue to pour into you and encourage you is one of the most valuable things that you can keep with you. Um, because I, without some of the friends that I had pouring back into yeah. me this summer, like, I don't know where I would have been like, I would have probably been in a very low spot, but there were some of those friends who kept encouraging me, like, um, we're still, we're still in community with each other. It's still the same Jesus who's working even in the midst of our summers when we're not together. Um, and yeah, so I do, like you were saying, there's like, we have these moments, but sometimes once like that group of people or that thing is lost, it's really, really hard. Um, so maintain, trying to maintain sometimes those relationships that you built mm-hmm. in that space is really valuable too. Um, but also just reminding yourself like that that is the same. That's the person that you worshiped in that moment, Jesus, is the same mm-hmm. at each and every day. And that's kind of a realization that you have to come to yourself. I don't think there's like a magic way that you can just make that reality known but something in me clicked after one of like after my life changed where I was like, this is a Jesus I have every day. And obviously sometimes it's going to be better than others. Yeah. It's going to be way easier than others. But also just like being able to recognize and come before the, Jesus every single day and remember that he is the person that met you where you were at and should ultimately always drive us into that like deep worship of him like and we should be able to be on fire for him every day and have those kind of moments if we're truly recognizing everything that he's done for us i think 
Yeah. And I think for me, the part of what I was trying to get at is, yeah. is that like, I, I'm not, I think you should have moments. Like I always yeah, said, yeah, yeah. get away, get mm-hmm. on a mission field. You're going to have a moment that you're yeah. not going to have here and get away or get on a campus or get mm-hmm. in these places. You're going to have these moments. And then it's our responsibility to build the relationships. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not going to be, I mean, I, I can point back to times exactly. when I was in the mission field and there were things that God said that I haven't heard here. Right. Like yeah. it was just different. I mean, the it experience is. was just different mm-hmm. and things that have happened in moments at concerts, like yeah. sitting at, you know, uh, up in Detroit, whenever 60,000 people and a person getting up yelling, I want the cross, like, and all of a sudden 60,000 in this arena, kid after mm. kid after kid, just getting up screaming, mm. I want the cross. Like these are moments you'll never forget in your Whoa. entire life. What I'm concert saying, was that at? It was what? What concert? So it used to be called Acquire the Fire. I don't mm. think it's a thing anymore. Oh, okay. I don't think they do it anymore, wow. but it was in the Pontiac Silverdome, 60,000 kids. Wow. We took 60 of our own kids, took a charter bus up there. We get wow. up there. And again, he was just saying this, like, you know, part of the problem in culture today is it's like, bow your head and close your eyes and say, yeah. he's like, I forget, bow your head and close your eyes. How about you get up? Mm-hmm. If you want Jesus today, get up. And at the top of your lungs, I want you to scream this. Wow. I want the cross. And it just took I one person. I want Jesus. And all of a sudden you hear one and then you hear mm. two and then you hear three and then you wow. hear four and like, see, this is 60,000 yeah. people yeah. and it's just one after the other, you just hear Kids. it echoing through. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a guy that we had brought on the trip that I'd been praying for an adult stands up at the end mm. of our row and is like, I want Jesus. I mean, tears running down this full grown mm. man's face. Like these are moments in your life. You never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. These are the things that we're talking exactly. about. There were moments I call them stake in the ground moments, yep. moments that you will always mm-hmm. look back and say in times where I don't know if God, is alive right. and Amen. flourishing. He was there, yes. right? And it reminds us of those stake in the ground moments. Mm-hmm. And then there's these things that like daily, like reminding yeah. ourselves the same Jesus was at that yep. moment is the same Jesus that I'm going to get up and talk to every single day. But I think mm-hmm. the encouraging part that we need to remember is, is that part of those moments happened and will happen because we make availability for them mm-hmm. to happen. You right. know? And so creating opportunities, yes, you want to have Bible studies and yes, you want to do all of those things, but sometimes sitting around a campfire mm-hmm. is as powerful as sitting around a table. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Or sitting, yeah. you know, going out and create moments for God to create yeah. moments, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And allow those things to happen because it might not be the Pontiac Silverdome moment, but some of the <laughs> right. other moments where I've seen God work in the lives of people I never thought I'd work with was around a campfire. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just creating times for God to do or for Jesus to do only what he could Mm -hmm. do, you know, and creating those things. I think that's powerful. I just feel me too. And how we do continue to like, how do we do with our friends, you know, and how do we continue those moments, create, create opportunities. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what are going to be those opportunities? Is it, going to church together? Is it going and sitting around a campfire together? Is it going to a concert? But it's creating things right. that for each one of us. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the thing we need to be encouraged mm-hmm. with or yes. try to figure out because it will be different next year for you. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah. where you, it will be different yes. in your life. And so many people lose it because mm-hmm. they're like, it's just not the same. Yeah. It'll never be the same. Mm-hmm. It'll never be. And like, you're right. It'll never be the same. It'll be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it can be better and we can yeah. have, we can live with an expectation. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the coolest thing. Like live with an expectation that as cool as it was here, mm-hmm. as incredible as he moved here is how he's going right. to move mm-hmm. here. 
you yeah. know, in my yeah. life. Yeah, he never changes. That's the most amazing thing about yes. it. Right. Yes. Well, and live with an expectation. Are we living with an expectation mm. to see God move? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Because I think that's what we get lost to. And like you today on a college campus are living with an expectation. Mm. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a movement. Yes. Like yeah. you guys are living with an expectation mm-hmm. that you're going to see yeah. God move. Yeah. And so you're looking for it. You're praying yes, for it. You're, you're, you're identifying it and you're mm-hmm. calling it out and you're doing everything you can. Mm-hmm. The problem is then you graduate and you live without expectation. Mm. Or you move yeah. on and get married and mm-hmm. you live without expectation yeah. or you get older and you live without expectation. And I'm yeah. like, dude, mm-hmm. live with expectation all of your life that God is yeah, going to yeah, show yeah. up in a way that you've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, when you look for that or live for that or pray for that or, or you're focused on that, you do change what you do. Mm-hmm. Like when you live with the expectation that's God's going to move. Do you approach things differently? Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, compared yeah. to your first two oh, years yeah. in college, yes, like you were yeah. living with the expectation yes, of, yeah. like you knew Jesus, but you weren't no, living with the expectation no. of a movement. No, I wasn't. Yeah. Right. And now that you are, uh-huh. things are being revealed. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's what I heard oh, yeah. you say. It's like you're seeing For things sure. that you would have never seen before. Oh, 100 percent. When yeah. did the worship nights begin? Was it last year? Yeah, last year. It was like late February, early March. And they never had them at the college before? No, they were completely just student-led. Wow. Just us coming together saying, we want change. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's so awesome. I know. I have goosebumps right (laughs) now. Yeah. Well, and the big thing is, is like how to, going to the place where we want change, right? That's back to expecting a movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the generation of people that are going to say, we don't want to live this way anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that's what we've been praying for. Like you can call out generations of young people, but Mm -hmm. until generations of young people want to change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's cool that you guys are at that place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your future. So we talked about, so I'm going to guess when I say this. So you grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. Went to church all the time. Mm-hmm. How did you end up at HU? Maybe we should How did it. I end up at HU? Because I always think that's oh, an interesting is, story yeah. of how people end up I here. actually have a very interesting journey with <laughs> is HU. It? So there's been ups and downs is all I can say. Okay. On um, your way here just to good old Huntington. on my way here and while I was even here. Um, <laughs> so I ended up coming here the summer before my senior year of high school. I came here and did a theology program that they have here in the summer Whoa. called Veritas Theology Institute, where you're here for a week and you just deep dive into some theology questions. And, um, honestly, that was really formative in my ideas of who Jesus was, even though it was like a lot of knowledge still at that point. Um, and that was how I kind of heard about Huntington. And I was just kind of like, uh, this is where I'm going to go. And, um, so after I graduated, I came to Huntington majoring in children's ministry and minoring in, um, fine arts. And um, while I was here, my first semester, I had a ministry class, and I was like, uh, I really don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> Even though I had felt so strongly like that God was calling me to ministry, I hated the class, and I was like, nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> One class. Oh, yeah. yeah. One class. You know, because I was just a little freshman. Right, I didn't right, know what was going right. on. But I had an art class, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And my professor— 
in, in my art classes was really, really intentional with me speaking like you have talent, like you should be here. And so uh, my second semester of my freshman year, I ended up switching to an art major and just dropping ministry altogether, Um, which I was like, uh, I like thought that's what I was supposed to be doing and kind of like left that call for ministry in the past and um, really was kind of just listening to myself Mm. and what I wanted. Like Mm. God became very, very quiet to me my freshman year. And that was like a lot of where my, my story comes from too, is that God was just very quiet once I started to live for myself and what Mm. I wanted. And so I finished my freshman year and went into my sophomore year, still an art major um, and completed my sophomore year, but my, as an art major, but, um, my second semester was really, really hard. Um, I pretty much was like, I'm transferring. I'm not coming back here. I'm not coming back to HU. Interesting. Um, like the art program, it was, it wasn't great for me. And I really struggled with some faculty and just, um, some other things. And I was like, no, this isn't for me, God. And like, at that point, I was um, looking to transfer. I applied to like three other schools and God made it very clear through financial things mm. that that was not where he wanted me. Like, <laughs> no, Peyton, you're not going to be $100,000 in debt for the rest of the two years that you have because it was nowhere was offering me scholarship. That's so cool. I wow. actually went on a tour. So there was a school I was really, really interested in. And they had like a virtual tour online because of like COVID or whatever. And I actually ended up going to that school and visiting though, because they ended up opening a visit day. And I was like, Hey, can you guys show me like your art buildings? Whatever they had on the virtual tour was literally a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Really? It was a lie. What? Because the building that I ended up going to was some dingy little room in a basement. No. But the other room was like this room full of like windows and light. And I was like, this is beautiful. dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I go and it's some little dingy basement. Oh my gosh. And I like thought I was going there. I thought I was going to be there. And then they took me down to this basement. I was like. Bad vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, God, I don't know what you want me to do. Um, And so I ended up finishing my sophomore year and I just thought it wasn't going to come back. Thought I was done at HU. I thought like I was just going to figure something out. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. And then one of my ministry professors, she was like, hey, Peyton, would you like to come back this summer and be the college mentor for the theology program that I did when I was in high school. So when I was in that program, like I had a college mentor. Mm. So she was like, would you like to come back and be the college mentor for these girls this year? And I was like, I would love to, but like, I don't know if I'm coming back to HU. Like, can I be the college (laughs) mentor if I'm not coming back? She's like, she actually said, like, just don't tell anyone. It'll be our secret. She probably yeah. knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That woman, knows, <laughs> yeah, that woman she... knows all. Does she? I swear. <laughs> I swear That's she so knows awesome. everything. And so I went that week and, like, God just lit that passion for ministry back in my heart. Um, I was mentoring, like, juniors, senior girls in high school wow. and loved every moment and, like, God poured into me that week more 
than I was expecting. And I had conversations with just the professors there and like, they're like confirming all of these gifts that they see in me to like that I'm fit for ministry yeah. pretty much. And I was like, oh, okay, God, I guess I'm coming back. <laughs> and so I came back, um, a Christian ministries major my junior year. Now I've crammed all of the courses wow. into the two years I have left. So I'm, I'm not going to be here for longer somehow by the grace of God. That's amazing. I'll be here for four <laughs> years still only. Look, wow. uh, mainly just money things, but you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you said that you... Like they were confirming the qualities of a yeah. ministry leader. Did you not think that you had them at the time? No. Do you think that's why you stopped? Like that first yeah. class, was it intimidating? It wasn't necessarily intimidating as much as like I was really bored. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I also lacked so much confidence in mm, myself. Yeah. Um, going into college. And so then I had that art professor who was like, Peyton, you're really good at this. And so that... And like, I'm not saying that he was wrong by any means. I definitely have talent for art, but mm -hmm. I don't think that that's what God ultimately has for like my career. Right. Like, what does he want me to do with my whole entire life? Like, I know now, like God has created me to just be someone who goes out and makes disciples and like that that's like what he wants my career to be into. Mm -hmm. And I've just been it's been more and more confirmed just throughout the rest of my college journey and like this summer I had the opportunity of going to South Africa and serving there and just um yeah that's what my like journey at HU has looked like and now I'm here kind of trusting God for that next step yeah but. so talk a little bit about so you were in South Africa for yeah. the summer to like what what was going on there and then yeah. possibly talk about maybe what are you dreaming about? Like, what are you dreaming yeah. about? What's to come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you see God yeah. working? And so in South Africa, I was there with um, a host family who works with Action International, their missions organization, but they actually came to HU for oh. a mi missions fair. We had a big missions fair where like 14 different organizations came and I had gone up to every table saying like, Hey, can you send me this summer? And every <laughs> single table told me no, except for this one. And I was like, that okay, is so God. cool. And then I started talking to them and they were like, yeah, there's this family in South Africa. They do work with um, specifically like at-risk communities, at-risk youth, which is like where my heart and my passion is. But then they were like, yeah, and the wife, she's an incredible artist and she's like illustrated <laughs> children's books what? and she does art classes with the kids. And I was That's like, weird. you're kidding me. That's weird. And I told like my ministry professor and she's like, Peyton, you have to go. And I was like, I know. <laughs> because like, that is where my passion is. Like to just like specifically youth age kids and like somehow trying to use art as mm, a yeah. means for ministry is a lot of, is a lot of where my passion lies. So, um, but that was kind of like a little like spark for me. And I was like, I got it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is it, God. And God had always subtly been hinting throughout my life. Like, you're going to Africa at some point. And I just ignored him for as long as humanly possible. Because <laughs> right. I was terrified, you know. Um, but this is kind of like, okay, God, like this is now, like the, the time is now for me to go. So I'm going to go. And 
And so there was some confirmation oh, over there yeah. that like, this oh, yeah. is what God's doing and it's yeah. really good. And he and... provided all of the money I needed to wow. go there. Like nothing more, nothing less. Like he pretty oh, much gave me I like those the number. And I was like, okay, wow. Because I was like, I'm a college just student. Just from people I don't, or like yeah. fundraising? Like... Fundraising, all, all just from letters and posting on Facebook. Wow. That was it. And just... All of these people. I just love the exact number. Oh, I've yeah. heard that before, and that's always yeah, stood out to me. Yeah, and it was me. like I had this number, and he provided that much, nothing more, nothing less. And I was like, okay. Yeah, how can anybody not go. say that that's not right. God? Here we go. Right. <laughs> yeah, and so I went and worked with a lot of just really, really broken people in broken communities. Like the main community I worked in was um, just like divided by three gangs. And so the family that I worked with, they actually had like sites in all three of like the gangs. And so we would go work in each one. And it was just, it was remarkable to see God moving there and just to recognize that, um, the sin and brokenness is the same Mm. all around the world. That was one thing that was just so prevalent to me. It's just, we all are dealing with the same struggles and the Mm. only person that can ever restore us from those struggles is Jesus. Mm. And it was just so evident to me and just like a fresh revelation of that idea that Jesus is the only one that can save because so many people try to come in and fix these communities with money or food or I don't know, like even just like the criminal justice system, Mm -hmm. but like that's not solving anything where people, where they've started to really experience change was the person of Jesus coming in and meeting people. And, um, yeah, it was just so remarkable to be able to work in like there with them. And, um, yeah, it was also just very, very hard to leave that community that I built there, which is one of like the things that I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's what my future holds going into my future. I don't know if God is going to call me back to Africa because I'm one on one hand, I would love to go back and work with the people that I met there and mm-hmm. just continue the work that he had for me. But he also just opened my eyes to like the brokenness here too in a really new way because I was just like, wow, like the same things are happening in my backyard yeah. and I'm not doing anything yeah. about it. Ooh, yeah. And that was kind of like, it hit me. Yeah. And so I definitely have both of these passions and like where God is taking me, I'm still prayerfully trying to discern what call he has for my life. Um, but a lot of my dreams are just to like work with like youth age people, um, just to be able, like when they're truly forming into who they are, like a lot of like Mm -hmm. where I was, where I wish I had someone who stepped into that role and showed me who Jesus was and walked alongside of me to help me become more and more like Jesus. Like that's what I want to be for other people. And do I know exactly where that's going to be in my life yet? I I don't. And I wish I did. That's one of the things that's <laughs> so hard for me is just to like sit with like, I have all of these dreams now. Yes, what, God? Same girl. It's so hard for yeah. me. Um, but that is something that I've continually been just like laying at the feet of Jesus. Cause that's all I can do. Right. And he's going to send me exactly where he wants me to be. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I just want to see lives changed and I never want 
to stop intentionally doing that work. Like that's what I want to do for my whole life. And that's what I want my career to be. And uh, do I know what that looks like exactly yet? No. Yeah. But, so you, yeah. again, you're just hoping and didn't, not hoping, but you're just leaving yourself available for oh, yeah. whatever oh, God yeah. has and whatever he wants mm-hmm. you to be able to do. And, but yes. trying to work with kids that are out of place that yes. have a more formidable, yeah. you know, opportunity at that yeah. place to mm-hmm. be more yeah, formed exactly. into those things. So yeah. good. So we're at the end. Okay. Do yeah, we, we have, have questions? questions? Yes. We do. We do. I did get it out in time. <laughs> <laughs> you did remember this I did guest. remember. Well, I did remember the last time. I just didn't remember the day. Yeah. But no, her picture was so pretty. It had She was in South Africa and I didn't realize <laughs> that doesn't look like South Africa. I guess you just don't. There's so many different like what did you I just think beautiful things there. I think you have a different. So I was like technically desert. in the Western Cape, which is like near the South part, and I was in like the wine lands. So like everything was beautiful, and I was like in the middle of the valleys. Yeah, that's so what was like pretty. Beautiful mountains everywhere. Oh my goodness, it was so beautiful. And I like I got to go to um, Cape Point one day, which is like the southernmost uh-huh. point of the continent of Africa, and like you just get to stand up and look at the ocean, and the ocean's just like surrounding you. And it's like, whoa, God. It was like one of those moments where I was like, whoa, God. Like, I'm so tiny and so small. But I'm still. Puts in perspective. Oh, yeah. It was so crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. That's what we say. Like, we're in Guatemala and you're up in the mountains in Guatemala. You're hiking Mm -hmm. through that. I'm like, the beauty is just incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Question number one is from Kaylin Griffith. She wants to know Do you have a favorite book of the Bible? If so, Ooh. which one? Ooh, okay. This is kind of a, questions. Sh- a strange one. But- <laughs> a strange one? <laughs> well, because I've been reading it recently. Okay. Okay, now it's Hosea. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading this book about, like, the power of God coupled with the love of God. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there's something about Hosea in it. And I was like, I've never read that book of the Bible. So I sat down and I just read it all at once. And I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a crazy story. Right. But like <laughs> the way that oh, like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the way that like, there's like, you can see God's justice and God's love coupled with each other in that story. Like it had never made sense to me before until I read that, like that God can be a God of justice and a God of mercy. Like mm-hmm. how do those relate to each other? Right. And mm-hmm. yeah, just like reading that, I, if, and you should read that. You should read that <laughs> book of the Bible. I was yeah, talking to the camera right open. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, it was so good. And just like this, um, also just like the faith of Hosea, like to do the crazy things that God called him to do and say, like, like, <laughs> where am I saying no to God for the crazy things he's calling me to do? It like kind of called me out. Meaning too. the times that he called him to go back to, you know, yeah. with his Jose his, and Gomer and like the yeah. whole story of the redeeming love story. Yeah. No. Have you read redeeming love? Mm mm. Have you seen the, there's a Netflix movie or maybe it's oh, on Prime. It takes oh. the book of Hosea essentially and turns it into a movie. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, again, it's, they don't say that, but that's the whole story. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's trying to be faithful and, uh-huh. you know, he finally meets this girl and she's a prostitute and oh wow, she, he redeems her. 
like mm-hmm. brings her out of prostitution. So there is such a beautiful picture. Yeah, saves her, oh. forgives her, restores her, and then she leaves him to go do it again. Mm-hmm. And then he restores and he her, and takes it. her back, and so then she goes and like does it. Such a beautiful ending. picture. Then she goes and does it again, and he never leaves. Yeah, no, he always waits. It's literally such a beautiful picture, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so if That's you've awesome. never read the book, like a lot of people will probably be surprised that I've read Redeeming Love. But <laughs> I have read it's one Redeeming, of my mom's favorite books. I've never read it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put that out Redeeming there. Redeeming Love is essentially taking yeah. the story okay. out of Hosea. I'm gonna have to find it online. Putting it into, and again, that's. It's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read because mm-hmm. you just don't get the understanding mm-hmm. of yeah. the love of God, the grace of God, and mm-hmm. really the expectation because the, God has that same thing with us. Right. You know, Jose is a perfect example. Like how many times do we do the same thing? Prostitute ourselves to the world. He redeems us and right. we go back to right. him, we go back yeah. to him, we go back to him. And he constantly, mm-hmm. you know, allows us mm-hmm. to come back, you know? Every day. So mm-hmm. when you look at it in the picture of the Jose and Goma story, it's like, wow, who would ever do that? Mm-hmm. Well, that God does it with us every day. So our interaction with people mm-hmm. and our relationship with people and how we relate with Jesus. So I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to Redeeming put that love. Redeeming love. Yeah, and you can listen to it on audiobook. Oh, yes. Audiobook. That is amazing. All right, question two. Karen Bennett, she wants to know, what type of position is she hoping to obtain after graduation? I feel like we I kind of... Talk. Yeah, I feel like we kind of went into that. Yeah, you just something where you're going to make yourself available but to be able yeah, to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere Jesus calls me. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. All right, Adam Shoemaker wants to know what are some simple ways to introduce someone to God for the first time? Ooh. Hmm. Trying to think uh, from this summer, uh, some of the best experiences I had trying to introduce God to someone was just asking them to pray. Um, If the, if, they wanted me to pray for them Mm -hmm. or pray with me or wherever they were at, wherever they could be to join me in prayer. Um, because well, where I was, there was a language barrier too, but, um, yeah, inviting, they spoke some English, but not all English, but, um, just inviting someone into that moment can show them God in a way that might not seem so like, confrontational, like I'm going to hit you over the Mm -hmm. head with a Bible kind of a thing. Um, and I've had just the Lord work in that way so many times, just by being faithful and saying, Hey, can I pray for you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Is that it? That is it. Okay. Well, again, tell us how everybody can do connect with us, with our guests and how they can do that. The number that will be up on the we well, don't have up it on the no, screen. So I will have to get yeah, it right so, this time. Yeah, so you'll put it out there. Oh, are you, are you putting it up on the screen? Yeah. Oh, P is putting it up on the... Oh, oh we yeah. thought it was the TV. That's we had right. forgot. Yeah, I connected the phone number to the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 260-408-8383. I like that I can see it, even though I, I haven't memorized. I was going to say, you got to memorize. Yeah, but that was very nice to see it. But the questions that were just asked, I sent out a text and said who was going to be on the show today and any questions that you had to let us know because not only does it give you a chance to know something about our guests more personable but then you get to be a part of our show and that's what we want we want conversations if you have a um if you know somebody that wants to be a guest or if you want to be a guest we want you to text us yeah get on our list yeah yeah good and again Peyton we just want to continue to encourage you from a 
yeah. you know, friend standpoint, from a church standpoint, we're going to continue yeah. to pray that God use you to be a part of the yes. movement that's happening yeah. at Huntington University and that we at Life Church and this community continue to help in any way we can. And that too, that God continues mm-hmm. to reveal to you how he wants to use yes. you in the yeah. future. Yes. So we're really excited you. about yes. those things. So thanks for being our guest. Yeah. And again, we really love having you and we'll yeah. continue to pray for you and hopefully continue to see you as God continues yes. to use you at the uh, college and, you know, here at Life Church yeah. and through those different things. So again, yes. thanks for being here. Thanks everybody for joining us. And again, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye.